And we're off. Hello and welcome to the Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keys. I'm standing in for Catherine Fry this evening. Accompanying me tonight is John Leng. And we're going to get through some of the hot topics uh, of the week. Um, it's an interesting week for sure. We've got some cracking topics. Um, and without further ado, um, I'd like to get on with um, the first one of, 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 the, of the show. This will be Charles Burns, Jabba the Hutt. If some of you aren't aware, Charles Burns has been uh, charged by Horse Racing Ireland um, for uh, being laying horses with an associate uh, for large amounts of money and uh, ejecting the uh, drug uh, ACP, which he is currently appealing. John, any views on uh, Charles Burns? Well, yeah. Um, firstly, I, I think Alteration Island's got themselves in a bit of a mess over all this. Um, I mean, when I was reading about this, the first question that crossed my mind was, why is there any permissible level for the substance used? Apparently, this was a hundred times the legal limit. But I'd like to know a bit more about what this uh, sedative does and why, why there's a permissible limit for it anyway. Um, I would have thought if it was going to be banned, it would be banned, you know, full stop. Any trace and you're out. Uh, secondly, um, basically he's got done for leaving his horse on its own in the race car stables, which again, um, Horse Racing Island really should get their act together and get CCTV and all the race course stables. Um, it's not realistic to say a horse can't be left alone, especially in the current climate where you're sending skeleton staff to the races. Um, you know, I mean, the lad in question could have been up at five o'clock that morning, ridden three or four lots, took the horse to the races, and not even had time for a mouth there. So, yeah. you know, it, it, what they're stating really isn't, isn't realistic. Um, don't, don't, sorry. Don't you think? Don't you think that horse racing Ireland, uh, like you say, have got quite a bit to answer for in the fact that we're going back really to the the Dermot Brown times. You know, the the. I mean, this this was what thirty years ago, Norwich, something like that. Um, yeah, the, the Don, Doncaster, uh, the, the Champagne Stakes at Doncaster. Yeah, and the, uh, thing, yeah. Um, you know, um, and you know, you, you'd think by now that they'd have adequate testing facilities. That they they would have, um, yeah. like you said, security on race courses to prevent this, you know, from happening. And the fact that it is happening um, on a and. I mean, you know, the thing from my point of view is Charles Burns has been allegedly caught with three offences for 12,000, 12,000 and 3,000 um, stakes uh, laying on, on Betfair. Um, I mean, they're not the only three. I mean, anyone, a shoplifter doesn't get caught on the first attempt. It, 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 you know, there, there'll be many, 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 many cases of Charles Burns drifters and, and, uh, since, since Betfair began. So I mean, no, no one does it just three times. He'll have been doing this in my in my view. But what's uh, the official line on this as regards Burns? Are they saying he he's definitely involved, or are they saying they haven't actually got evidence against him? Uh, 
Well, it's, it's quite. I've only read. I've only read the articles, which basically states that that it, it, it's come from an account um, <coughs> with the Asian match fixer, mm. um, and basically the, there's been high levels recorded of ACP um, in, in 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 the said cases. So apart from that, I mean that's the thing in a court of law. In a way, this this can't unless they've got linked evidence that's got the Asian Max fixer giving Charles Burns money, like like transferring it to his banks or or one of his company's banks or anything like that. Or they've got him on CCTV administering it. I can't see how they can get him for being fraudulent in a court well, of law. Well, I mean, I think they're on a really sticky wicket because yeah. and I think that they've put him off, really, because there's some nasty people around. That's... Yeah. The, the thing that underpins everything that they're saying, you know, well, there's some rotten buggers around the open houses, so you open serve six months. It, it opens up for a scenario where if you fell out with a trainer and wanted him put off, you don't have to chance your arm, go to the race car stables. Worst case scenario, if you get caught, you'll get warned off. But if you don't, you get away with it. The trainer's losing his living, so you get away with it. Well, he's going to get put off. Exactly. I mean, if you think about it, racing is so ripe. But I mean, I'm amazed any criminal wants to rob a post office uh, and and you know nick ten k out at safe and end up getting you know five to ten years for it um, when you can literally do what Charles Burns has done uh, yeah. and 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 basically get it get a what what will end up probably a rap on the hands because without physical evidence. Uh, I, I don't see, like you say, if, if, if say if Charles Burns wants to escalate this to a court of law and he's got top barristers and horse racing Ireland have got absolutely no evidence whatsoever in linking Charles Burns to financial links to the Asian match fixer. Match fixer well, horse racing Ireland are going to get kicked into the Atlantic, aren't they? Pretty much. Um, and it starts really with horse racing Ireland just having the measures in the first place to stop it happening. Yeah, I mean, um, if- if they're putting anybody off for six months, they should start with themselves. Absolutely. Well said. And on that note, we'll uh, we'll finish there on that topic. Um, second topic uh, of interest uh, put forward tonight is the uh, public perception of racing, John. Um, the the mm-hmm. wider public, you know, not 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 the not the not, you know people that are in the game, but the public perception of of racing. What's um, what's your thoughts about that? Well, as you know, they am a, I'm a people person from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. Yeah. And, uh, I think chances are, as things stand, I think the public have got racing spot on, sadly. Especially if they think that the game's run by bumbling amateurs and the participants are among the, probably among the biggest deficits in the entire gene pool. <laughs> um, we can't police the sport properly. We can't finance the sport properly. We can't make information about the sport easily accessible. I mean, look at young football for starters. Sports betters can find out the last time a quarterback had a shit out if he takes two or three sugars <laughs> in his coffee. Uh, we can't make people aware of new handicap ratings till the horse is in the four-day forfeit. 
how do you find that out it, unless you're looking in the four day forfeits for the, the racing post yeah you know your soap i mean not a registered owner going on the bha updates and things like that yeah you've got serial wrongdoers welcome back to the full like prodigal sons even if they've been actually put off for some time you know i mean these people are a burden on the spot. They never face any serious questioning from the media when they come back. You know, I mean, Bradley came back. Everybody just wanted to tickle his tummy. Um, the BHA are most likely to come down like a ton of bricks on somebody with four horses in training and living on Aldi beans and pony nuts. <laughs> you know, the serial money printers at the top table, you know, newcomers at the spot, they must scratch their heads over how they never get done for anything. And if they do, it's more a tickle on the end of it than a slap on the wrist. Yeah. You know, for me, for the public to have any sort of decent perception of this sport, I think we need a clear out from top to bottom. Are we stuck with being perceived like a dark art rather than a sport? You know, I mean, the likes of Lineker was playing hell on Twitter about yeah. Shit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is a man that pushes crisps at fat kids, <laughs> and and yet you know he abhors the idea of somebody having a five pound reverse broadcast on a Saturday. That that's public perception for you, you know. And that's that's the state we're in, and that's where you run straights and people like that that are marketing to the wider market, as they keep telling us. You know, they're wonderful tactics of getting Vinnie Jones there every time there's a free lunch on a Saturday. It's not working. It's funny, it's funny. You, I, I, I concur with just about everything there. And I, I, the funny thing I touched upon earlier when I was chatting about it was, was um, the, the fact that racing just doesn't help itself in any shape or form and never has done. No. Um, I mean, trying. The thing is, they waste so much money on trying to appeal to people that it will not appeal to, and yeah. and and I, it, just, it just beggars belief what the what they are, they are trying to achieve. Instead of looking after its its own incumbents, the the people within the game, um, it wants to waste any budget it has on trying to persuade people that they are fifty to one to change change anyone's mind regarding horse racing um like you said Lineker's tweet the other day there's lots of the the you know the um uh bbc don't have racing anymore so they're they're generally anti-racing um it it, it really is a sorry state of affairs outside racing. It, it's the uh, people that they give contracts to as well there you know i mean great british racing is an absolute shambles they have the sugar cup right that the say brings new people into racing. Now, the Shergar Cup, there's, it's been going, what, 10 years now? I don't know. But Probably longer. No, yeah, well, whatever. Not once has anybody had the sense to put a discount voucher out to everybody that attends so they can see what the take-up is at a subsequent meeting. Yeah. To see if it's had any effect or not. Not yeah. once. That is scandalous, Mark. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, I've been visited tracks around the world, but lucky enough to do so. Uh, for example, you go to uh, America. Um, it was it was uh, five dollars to get in, 
you got a, a free race card with with form. Yeah. You know, basically they gave you the the DRF race. So basically, you know, proper full form, not the not just the 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 jockey silks and yeah. Beer beer prices were good. Burger prices were good, um, which helped me. Um, and um, you, you come to racing in England, you've got um, literally it'd be thirty, forty pounds to get in. You know, some tracks on just an average day, um, and you know, for, for the for the county stand or the or the best stand, if you like. Um, and then wait for the bloody ice cream unless you make ice to me. <laughs> he gets freebies, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of we, we really do make sure we, we, we make a lot of our goals, and 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 I think, like I said, the Grand National comes around every year, and you know, it's never going to get any better. And my prediction is within sort of um 10 years, I think the first thing they'll come for is national hunt racing. Because it's like that, that that's what causes the most fatalities. That's what that's the that's the toughest part of the game. And sometimes it's very difficult to defend. If you're gonna run three mile, three and a quarter mile chases on heavy ground, um, live on TV, you can expect uh, you know, some 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 bad sights sometimes. And and I think that's it. It's hard to defend to the wider public when if, if you don't change your ways in that way, but anyways, we should. For me, in my my opinion, we shouldn't be doing so. I think I think we are what we are. It's it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic sport, but you're not going to change the wider audience. They've they've made their minds up, and we should stop spending money on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Third uh, itinerary uh, on our itinerary this evening is: um, should more turf tracks go all weather? John. Yes. A resounding yes. A resounding yes. Yeah, yes. indeed. We've got climate change. You know, I mean, I know there's climate change deniers and all the rest of it, but I mean, it, it, for me, it is happening. You know, um, the flat season carries on all the year round, most of the parts of the world, you know, uh, to varying degrees. Now, if we had more all-weather tracks, we could carry ours on a little bit better than having this plethora of not to 35 handicaps. Well, it seems like plethora of not yeah. 35 handicaps, although they're not. Um, and also, we, we have so many tracks now where the slightest shower absolutely ruins the ground due to consistent overwatering. We could actually switch to off turf if the ground was affected in any particular way, you know? Yeah. Um, also, we could cut the fixtures as well if we rest all year round on the flat. We could have a manageable fixture list. And, uh, I mean, I would be radical with this. Um, Newmarket has more than enough space to add a dog leg to a mile track. Yeah. Ascot could fit one in. It'd be probably a little bit on the tight side with a short run in, but they could fit one in. Yeah. Um that would save it being swampy every time for champions day. Haydock essential in my book. You know. Um York could fit a nice galloping mile and a half in inside their existing turf track. Yeah. 
Without doubt, yeah. As could Colwick Park. You know, um, which I think would give you a nice spread across the country. Um, and I personally, after all the chill we had with Clark Watch, me and Nick Davis, and the aggravation that you have now coming up to a big meeting regarding whether they're watering, not watering, what what the going forecast says and what the going really is, stick ratings. Yeah. I would be quite happy, in all honesty, if every scrap of racing in this country was on the all weather now. That's interesting. Um, I was like, you know, when, when you sort of, you know, mentioned this to me, I, I, I was sort of like, oh, no, you know. Um, but then you, you consider the the commercial and economic side of it. Mm. Um you know, for example, tracks will have to, t- especially for big meetings, will, have to, will be taking out bad weather insurance. Um, you know, everything really to, to ensure that, that, that the costs are covered. If if you know the, the weather weather takes hold, um, yeah. it's not it's not cheap either. And and I, and I I think I think it's good commercially worldwide. You're not having abandoned meetings all the time. Um, like you say, you, you can race all year round. Um, I see plenty of upsides. The, the only thing that sort of grates on me is I'm just worried about atmosphere. Don't, don't ask me why. I, 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 just, I, I, just, I just think that so, like it's maybe because the all-weather tracks we've got, but there's very little atmosphere at our all-weather tracks from what I've been to. Um, I, I just I don't know why that is. I don't, I don't know if it's because it's the... I don't know. It's the who's rattling. I don't, I don't know. Do, do, do they make a different sound? It sounds crazy, but... I, when I go to say a, a, a turf meeting, I always get more of a buzz than I do when I'm at an all weather meeting. I don't know why that is. It's probably standard horses I own. But if, if, <laughs> if you went to York in May and it was a full house and it was on Tapeta, yeah. do you think there'd be any difference atmosphere wise? I don't know. I don't know. That, that's my one worry. Uh, I, I, you, personally, I don't think they would. I, I think. You'd probably have a bit of morning and chuntering for a couple of years. And if it became the norm, I don't think anybody would give a monkeys. Well, I've I've not been I've not been to a plate meeting since it's been um uh tapping. No, I haven't. No. I'd like if I if, if any readers are listening to this, if you can get back to to us on on that would be a good barometer of it, actually. T- yeah. tell us what you think of uh of Newcastle plate meetings atmosphere wise because obviously that's that would be a good barometer in that it's it's always been a very popular meeting. Yeah, that's as and good I've, as it gets at the minute, isn't it, really? The plate. Yeah. Um so yeah that that'd be interesting to hear. So if, if you have been, let us know uh, what it's what, what it's like. Um but I mean the only the only issue I have with all weather tracks is I don't I don't think we've got the ground staff uh uh levels in this country say like the usa we mm. have far too many track biases here for me anyway compared in comparison with the usa um uh, i don't know why that is i don't, I, I mean i've absolutely no experience of, of how you harrow tracks how you work them over they like, no chucking, idea. they like chucking money at projects like this they could get michael dickinson over for six months yeah and talk to him or whatever, you know. I mean, the love of consultation exercise, don't they? I mean, don't get me wrong. The USA get get biases. I mean, you know, sometimes yeah. you do get you get you've heard of the Golden Highway at Hawthorne. Yeah. You you know, Breeders' Cup meetings. Sometimes it's front end. You can't come from behind. But so they have the, 
it's yeah. just it's got beyond a joke now on on the on the grass even because I mean the July course is absolutely ruined, mate. Yeah. You know, it it is ruined as a as a punting medium, in all honesty. I mean you you don't know what the hell you're getting. I mean, if there's that rail bias up the near side, well, forget it. You know? And how many guineas have been ruined lately because of the track bias, you know what I mean? It's true, it's true, it's true. I, I mean, it must. I, I suppose when you look at tracks like Newmarket, it's like a wide expanse. You, it, it gets quite windy there because obviously it's open. Yeah. So, you, so, so it, it kind of. If I, I, I'm, I'm presuming they've got a watering system that that goes. That is, it, is it the one that's low to the ground? I'm not sure, but, but if you've got any sort of wind with certain watering systems, obviously it's, it's going to blow it. Um, and then it's, you're not going to get it's these. It's a home system, right? I'm convinced that each has to walk and buy itself anyway and half the time over, does it? You Possibly. Um, I don't think he's a patch on Captain Lay's myself. No. No. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I, I think, my, like I say, my pers- I'll finish by saying my perspective is uh, I agree with some of your reasoning. Think, think commercially it could be very good. Um, plus, as well, I mean, you, you can potentially do what Newcastle and Suttle have done, um, install floodlights, and Absolutely. you know, and and it's it's no problem. You know, if you've if if lighting very good, then stick the lights on, kind of thing. Yeah, um, all sorts to make things better. But yeah, yeah, fair shout. Uh, interested to see what any any readers thinks to that. Whether whether more tracks or more turf tracks could possibly go all weather. Um, it's certainly uh, an interesting talking point. Right on to. Um, Questions and answers. Um, and we've got um, a few questions this week. Uh, Beachy Head, John, has the first question. And he was rather angry by saying, what did we think to the misinformation <coughs> from the B- BBC regarding the uh, vaccination centre at Newbury Race Course and Newbury Races taking place, i.e. no vaccinations for that day? He was rather upset with the BBC on that headline. Any thoughts there? Well, I tend to think that the BBC is full of shit over everything these days. <laughs> um, and I think they were trying to whip a non-story into a story because um, there's another place race this week, Taunton, that's a vaccination centre, and the Taunton manager or clerk, whoever they spoke to on the telly, was saying that they'd thrashed everything out beforehand. Um, he said when they approached him about becoming a vaccination centre, he said he'd be delighted to, but racing is their business and it would have to fit around nine days racing, which to my mind is what would have happened at Newbury anyway, you know? Yeah. Um, and if the baby says, actually asked a question rather than just gone for sensationalist headlines. I think uh, that's probably what they would have found. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I haven't read too much into it, but I read that apparently Newbury Racecourse came out and said that they, they hadn't got any vaccinations anyway. They, they had to, apparently, it, it was uh, Thursday, the day after, that was when the, yeah. the vaccinations were arriving, so they couldn't have done it that day anyway. Well, no. I, I don't know. I don't know if that was the like you say. It's, it's a business decision, but end of day, if they're offering vaccination facilities of that scale to the government, it's a good thing, not a bad thing. And and you know, it, it, it's one day. I know it's I know it's a crisis, but 
at the end of the day, is it, you know, is it that bad? I don't think so. No. Um, second question um, from John H. Um, is racing's dodgy image starting to catch up with it? Doping, huge backhanders at the sales, horses being stopped at Cheltenham, according to an article by David Walsh today. Um, are our chickens coming home to roost, John? They will do eventually. I mean, uh, people just get sick of reading about, well, as I said, as I said earlier, you know, serial wrongdoers just getting welcomed back into the sport. Um, you're not going to sell racing to new people when other sports are putting people off for life and things like that, you know? I mean, but it's got to come from the top and the people that are at the top at the minute are not fit for purpose. They lack the will to do anything. They lack the, they lack the savvy to catch anybody properly. And they're too intent on not spilling any gravy. Yeah. You know, the, you will never sort this sport out while you have a top tier running the game that have to have been kicked out of Sanders for extreme stupidity. <laughs> you know. And that that is the top and bottom of it. You need some commercial minds and you need to get rid of the old school tag. It is abhorrent, really. I mean, there's, regarding doping, I mean, there's there's no there's no hard evidence to say it's actually taking place. Right. However, to me what you've got to do is you've got to look at markets and ask yourself why the Irish markets on Betfair are, are absolutely dead and are probably taking 20% of, of what British markets are. Yeah. Um, and why then, if, if Irish racing is so clean and great, why, why do Irish trainers send, send them over to England for touches? Um, simply because there's more liquidity on exchanges. Um, and also... Why have the Irish got such an amazing record in modern times um, at the Cheltenham Festival? I mean, I, I think it's self-explanatory. I mean, our trainers, Paul Nichols, um, you know, uh, Nicky Henderson, like, in general, there's only sort of Nicky Henderson, I think, that competes with the Irish at the festival. I think everybody else might as well just, you know. There's a lad on Twitter who's been putting some old race cards up. And uh, I got the shock of my life. There was a there was a card went up from I think it was seventy nine or eighty something like that. And there was one Irish runner in the Supreme Novices. Yeah. You know, I thought, Jesus, you know. And like the spread on Irish winners, it used to be like between four and six, didn't it, on the week? Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> like like back to when I were a, a nipper. Um, you know, it were. It were Fred Winter, um, yeah. and you know Michael Dickinson, and yeah. and 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 now it's uh, and uh, you know and and David Barons, and 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 now it's it literally is dominated. I mean, I do understand it's the big breeding operations. You've got Giggins Town, you've got uh, McManus, and you've got rich American flounderer, okay, yeah. uh, rich, rich richer, um, and it, it kind of just corners market a bit so i don't get that I, I do understand that but at the same time the performances we see at cheltenham from them 
often supersedes anything they've ever achieved. And right. you've only got to, got to see that in the in the uh, the Caspian caviar with Mick Winter's Chatham Street lad. I mean, it's won that race fifteen lengths with in in, in a stupidly quick time. Um, again, superseding anything it's ever done and achieved by about twenty pounds. So it, it didn't have actually won that by a furlong, couldn't it? Oh, I, I I remember saying to a friend of mine straight after the race, I said, uh, honestly, I think if that had to go around again, it'd still finish with the same energy and the next one. Yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, back to back to you know his races, dodgy image starting to catch up. Yes, I think I think. Like you say, new uh, tr- you try and attract a newcomer and try and explain the form book. You you end up having to tell them about, well, I look back is because you need to see market support and, I, <laughs> and so on and so on. It, it's not really an attractive proposition to any newcomer, no, I don't think, from the back. But yeah, John, good point there. Um, I certainly think in time, I think we're going to see some some big problems for racing uh, owners as well at the bottom end that basically can't afford to keep going on this reduced prize money levels. Um, Nick the Nipper, next question, and he says, thoughts on Bouvardere? 20s for the champion hurdle looks big, he says. John? The last time somebody said the price looked big was before the King George on Boxing Day. <laughs> and so I'm, in some ways I'm loath to get involved here, but I will. Um, obviously it could run really well, you know, I mean, it's Henderson... We we don't know what occurred between him, his last run and right off. Whatever he tells us, he takes with a pinch of salt, really. Um, the only thing I would say is they don't tend to win their titles back. I think it was Comedy of Errors the last one in 75? Uh... I can't think of any others. See, see you, see you then. Did what? Did he win it? Anyone yeah, three on the spin? Three on the spin, right? I think. I think. I, think, right. I think comedy of errors. Uh, won it in seventy three. Lanzarote beat him in seventy four, and then he won in seventy five. Um, and I think that's the last one to to win its title back. Um, so. Based purely on that, 28 one's probably not big. Um, I thought it ran all right yesterday. Uh, yeah, it kind, it kind of got the ride I expected. Um, it might not have been. Some punters were outraged at, like, Mika's sort of, like, flapping. and But but we kind of... I, I, again, if you've been in game long enough, you, you kind of know with, with the green. You weren't going to bet it, were you? You know what I mean? No, it, 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 well, we said, didn't we? We said on, on Friday's uh, cast that it's one of them where you you need to be in the know, kind of. I mean, if I got, I mean, I kind of predicted that's the ride it would have got, um, but you'd have needed to sort of be told. And if I if, if I'd have been told that's the ride it was going to get, then I'd be uh, I'd be pressing pink. Um, yeah. But like you say, we were playing with a marked deck, and it was impossible. But my thoughts are, uh, yeah, I mean, binocular. Uh, was wrote, written off um, um, that time in the in the champion hurdle, and you know a big drifter on on Betfair. Catherine loves that that that, that, that <coughs> binocular win, um, and and I, I, I think Berverdeer. I think I think yeah. I think 
I'm not so sure at this age. I, I, I'm not so sure. I, I'd, I'd rather look for something else, but I can understand people look back to his very best. But but um, anyway. Um, right, next and final question comes from Paul O'Rourke, and he says, why can't full-time traders, punters, get any credit, mortgages, despite having kept immaculate records for years, um, and he's viewed... Um, very differently to something like a, a stockbroker or a hedge fund manager. John? I think the, the problem punters face regarding getting credits on a mortgage is um, computer size now. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's the system. All style banks, where you used to you'd bank somewhere for years, wouldn't you, from being a kid? You know, like the old Yorkshire Penny, they'd get you an account when you were a kid and you'd put a pound a week in or whatever and that savings account would be with you for life. And if you wanted a mortgage or you wanted a loan, you went in and saw the manager, who basically knew most of your financial movements that you'd made for the previous 25 years. And these managers had a bit of leeway they knew if you were of good character and they tended to know you met regular payments going into your account or whatever, you know, and it was a judgment call for a manager. Now it's a system and I think the system itself will always put a red flag on somebody that has a, a profession that we're going back to the public perception of racing again. Um, yeah. But yeah. I think the people that write these systems are the public with a pretty shitty perception of racing. Yep. You know? Completely and agree. They'll be the people that say you never see a poor bogey. And it's like, how many people do you speak to outside of racing, like, and you'll tell them you're a professional gambler? One of the first things they'll say to you is, do you win? Yeah, absolutely. You know, how long have you been doing yeah, yeah, no. And I try, by the way, I try not to. Literally, yeah. I, it depends who they are, but if it, I usually just make something up because yeah. it's just, you I know, can't be bothered. You know. I've been a professional gambler for 20 years. Do you win? Well, no. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> Give it away. You know, uh, I chase squirrels through the night. <laughs> Speaking and of I, which, a, te- a text has just come in, John. Oh, uh, in the, and in the Noah. Um regards to uh, Catherine's whereabouts. Well, apparently she was uh, setting fireworks off last night at Wadden Road, uh, you know, with the, the Man City game. And uh, someone's also said she was uh, she was caught uh, in the passenger seat of uh, Alfie May, the uh, number 10 of Cheltenham Town's XR3i. What do you yeah. think of that? <laughs> we'll be lucky if she's back for Friday. I think so, at this rate. Anyway. Sorry about that. It, yeah. It, it needed airing. <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, so anyway, that's the uh, questions. And so I agree with John there about Paul's question. Um, per- personally, I, I view it as a privileged pre- profession in some ways in that I don't pay income tax. I'm taxed at source from Betfair. Um, and therefore, I'm not in the system. So how can I, how, how, how can I participate in public uh, uh, activities such as mortgages, etc. Right. Anyway, on to the final, last but not least, 
this is where we we might 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 uh, make you some money. Um, the Jimmy Lindley non buzzards uh, section de- dedicated to our lovely pair of hands pundit for the BBC for many years, who I uh, I do miss quite markedly these days. Uh, John, have you uh, anything for our, our listeners for this week? Yes, I have. Um, now, the, the only thing with this one, I'm a, I'm a bit at a loss to explain why it might, why it might have been stopped yesterday, but if anybody cares to have a look at it, they, they couldn't come to any other conclusion. And this was Zuckerberg uh, yesterday's head off. All right. Um, lined up at the back. Now, Sean Quinlan, I, I think, tends to line up midfield to sort of midfield to front if um, he's busy. And uh, he basically sat at the back, at the back like a pudding, uh, going right down the back straight. And there was a bit of carnage at the last fence down the back, which sort of resulted in him by accident in his way into fifth and uh, at that point the hopes flared for the punters for the last time because Quinlan was absolute zero help the whole way up the street he sat there like a constipated mouse um, <laughs> there was absolutely no question after this horse up the street I mean he could have come in and said it had choked or whatever I don't know but it Dreadful right if you backed it. I mean, it was only about four to one second favourite, you know. Okay, so Zuckerberg. Yeah. Um. On on this subject as well, the uh, the horses that we're flagging up, we've got a runner tomorrow night. Oh yeah. Um, Marley, uh, where I flagged up last week, of um, David Simcox goes up a furlong in trip, which I felt was essential. Um. Goes to Kempton, which is probably ideal sort of track, really. There's a nice bit of pace on. Jamie Spencer's up. Three to one isn't splitting the atom by any stretch. But um, to me, there's probably only the Ed Walker has to worry about. I, I think this will win tomorrow night. Okie dokie. So that's 7.15 Kempton. Tomorrow yeah. evening, that was uh, John's uh, eye catcher the other week, Morley, uh, running up in trip at seven furlongs, I believe, Jamie Spencer in the saddle. So good luck there. Um, my horse, I'm going to add to the list, uh, come up with one of Noel Mead's uh, last week. Uh, this week, not necessarily a, a, a non-trier or, or, or a non-buzzard, so to speak, uh, but Grange Island um, ran on Tuesday at Clonmel, finished fourth. Uh, it was a fairly useful maiden hurdle for the track was basically given a sight. It was held up out the back, uh, brought home, staying on nicely into fourth. Um, you know, it's not something no one can't see, but I did like him physically. And I like that the, he's, he's quite well-bred. He's, he's a half-brother to um, the Martin Pipe fourth and Gold Wordle third, Make Your Mark. Mm. He was trained by uh, Willie Mullins, ended up rated about 145. And as I said, I do like those physically. I don't know what route they're going to take because they've already shown enough, really, to win a... A novice hurdle, uh, I would yeah. think, in on, on most average tracks in Ireland for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I do think that he's going to be better than say 120, 125, which will win most sort of novice hurdles in Ireland. Uh, yeah. uh, average, average tracks. So I don't know what they're going to do, but 
I, I'm very keen to support him um, when the next uh, when, when the next run because you know he, he's, he's a he's a lovely type physically, and I do think he's going to turn out into something pretty decent. So that's Grange Island for me, uh, trained by W. J. Burke, and I don't know his first name. All the years I've been in racing, I even looked. On, on, on the internet to see if I could find out his first name. A good guess would be William, wouldn't it? But I, I don't want to say it and then get it wrong. So if anyone knows, tell me what his first name is. W.J. Burke, the uh, trainer uh, in Ireland. Um, right, that's that's covered it all off for us nicely. Uh, we'll be back um, next Friday with uh, uh, previews for the weekend. And again, next week's Sunday sermon, as always. They're the two time slots, Friday evening round about 7.45 and same on Sunday round about 7.45.